The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please join your hearts with me in prayer. Lord, you call us to pick up our cross and follow you. Give us courage to follow, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand will lead and guide us. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, and the living of our lives be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Right before our gospel reading for today, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked, But who do you say that I am? And Peter boldly answered, You are the Messiah. Now Mark tells us when when Peter heard Jesus teaching that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and and be killed, and after three days rise again, Peter began to rebuke Jesus. However, lest we be too hard on Peter, clearly he could not perceive what Jesus meant by those words he spoke. Peter couldn't comprehend what Jesus was saying. He simply didn't understand. He just plain didn't get it. Jesus, the Messiah, must undergo great suffering, be rejected, be killed, and after three days rise again, Those were words Peter was not ready to hear. Nor was he able or willing to accept them. They were no doubt as harsh to to Peter's ears as if they would be for any one of us 
Think about times when you've received an unexpected or unanticipated bad news. Like those calls that come in the middle of the night. When your phone disrupts your sleep and in your groggy state you answer. And you hear the dreaded news that a loved one has suddenly died. Like many of you, I've been on the receiving end of those calls. And at first, it doesn't compute in your mind. You may even say out loud, as I have done, can you repeat that? And only after hearing it the second time do the words actually begin to sink in. I can certainly understand Peter's confusion and his inability to process what he's been hearing from the lips of Jesus. You have to remember that at this point in time, Peter doesn't have the experience of the post-resurrection, the experience that would have given him comfort and consolation. And so those words, suffering, rejection, be killed, were incomprehensible to him. They simply didn't compute in his brain. And he certainly could not have known what Jesus meant when he concluded with, and rise again. Yet for Peter's sake, and for our sake, for the sake of the whole cosmos, Jesus did suffer. He was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. And on the third day he rose again. And now, like those first disciples, Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. So you want to know what taking up our cross and following Jesus looks like? You want to know what discipleship means for us? First, I'm going to tell you what it doesn't mean. Taking up one's cross doesn't mean bearing the burdens of an abusive relationship. It doesn't mean berating ourselves and beating ourselves up for our own human imperfections and shortcomings. Nor does it mean accepting human suffering as the will of God. Because it's not God's will for us or for anyone to suffer. It doesn't mean giving giving others power to trample all over us. Nor does it mean having to grin and bear it as though our suffering somehow emulates Christ's suffering. Rather, for those of us who follow Jesus today, I'd like to offer up that taking up our cross means standing for peace in a world that all too often is quick to turn to violence. And it means working for justice for all. All people. In all times. In all places. It means being instruments of reconciliation wherever there is discord. It means speaking up for the weak and vulnerable and giving voice to the voiceless. It means caring for God's good earth and all its creatures. 
taking up our cross and following Jesus means denying our appetite for selfish ambition. It means giving of ourselves for the sake of the other. It means striving to live and grow ever more fully into the heart of God. How do we do that? By sharing the good news of Jesus through our own acts of love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness. It means being open to radical inclusion. Inclusion of those who are very different from us. So that everyone, everyone may know God's love. Our understanding of what Jesus meant by saying he must undergo great suffering, be rejected, be killed, and rise again, means trusting in the power of God to send us forth in peace to love and serve the Lord, trusting that God's hand is leading and guiding us through our wilderness and into a future filled with endless possibilities of sharing God's love with those we meet along the way. Let us respond to that call. Let us pick up our cross and follow him. Amen.